Our scripture reading this morning is very brief. Uh, just one verse from Proverbs 30 and four verses from Proverbs 31. Please remember that the power and authority of the Word of God does not depend on how much of it we read. One verse is as powerful as ten. So let me just read these rather than have you try to flip back and forth. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 11, is the beginning of a list of pretty ugly people. It talks about those who are not washed of their filth. It talks about those who are full of pride and arrogance and those whose teeth are swords and those who devour the poor and needy from the earth. That's an ugly list, but you know how that list begins? Here's verse 11. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. And then we swing 180 degrees to Proverbs 31, and there's that beautiful passage describing the woman who fears the Lord. And it's glorious, and it's, it's a marvelous display of what the grace of God does in the life and ministry of a woman who fears the Lord. And here's how that passage ends. Verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. May God bless the reading and now the preaching of his word. I want to add my personal word of welcome to uh, the many visitors that we have with us today. This is a, a wonderful holiday in that regard as well as others. I am one of the uh, four pastors of the church. My name is Ted, and um, I just want to add my, as I said, my personal welcome. We're very thankful for your presence today. Only four years after the 1800s came to an end, a remarkable woman was born to a Mr. Warren and Mrs. Della Yance. She was born in a small town in Northeast Ohio, not far from where Brother Tim, who just read the scriptures for us, was born and raised. Warren and Della gave their little baby girl a strange name. They called her Zelpha, and she had an older brother who also had a rather strange name, his name was Zelotus. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> Mom and Dad calling, Zelpha, Zelotus, come here. You would think maybe they were a pair of dachshunds or something, but <laughs> in those days, names like that were given. Little Zelpha grew up, became a Christian, got married, and had three children of her own. Shortly after her third child was born, she fell in a hole on a sidewalk and 
badly broke her ankle, so badly that she had to give her little boy to a friend, a sister friend of hers, another woman, to take care of him for weeks. She had what we would have to call primitive orthopedic surgery on her ankle. Actually had to have a silver screw put in there to hold things together. Well, after weeks of healing, she got back to her calling of being a mother. She became known by her friends as a very godly woman, a woman of prayer, a woman of the word, a faithful wife, a devoted mother, a hardworking employee, a good churchwoman. She had a very winsome personality and became deeply loved and esteemed by all who knew her. She never became famous. She never did anything extraordinary. She just lived a simple, ordinary life. And yet, she was, by the grace of God, an extraordinary woman. If I personally could go to heaven right now, after seeing the Lord Jesus Christ, I would want probably to go to that person first, this Zelpha, and I would want to look her up and talk to her. And I'll tell you why. Because she is my mother. And what a wonderful mother she was. And my heart was moved this morning as we listened to those words of that wonderful song and watch that little girl. Other than the love of God, is there anything really like the love of a good mother? And even as Jonathan prayed very, I think, thoughtfully, I know, we know, that not all of you have had good mothers. And that's why we prayed for you. But in your mind, you know, you have a conception of what a good mother is. Is there anything like the love of a good mother? Well, obviously, as we have indicated repeatedly in this service, today is Mother's Day. You may not know that it began in 1909. It was signed into law as a national holiday by Woodrow Wilson. Last year, there were approximately 122 million phone calls made to mothers and 150 million Mother's Day cards given, all for the purpose of honoring mothers. But as Brother Keith said, even in his welcome this morning, motherhood was God's idea. God is the one person who's more interested in motherhood than anyone. And the one book on the face of the earth that shows more interest in motherhood, true interest in motherhood, is the Bible. It was God who created the first Happy Mother's Day. That's what we say, isn't it, to our mothers. Happy Mother's Day. Let me remind you. That when Cain was born, though the story of Cain is sad, 
you can be absolutely certain that Eve was a very happy woman. What a strange thing for her having been created and not born to get pregnant and to go through all of the things that you ladies who have been pregnant know about. And then to go through the pain of childbirth. And then to see a a precious life come out of her womb. And for her to recover from the childbirth process and to watch her little baby grow. You can be sure that for her and Adam, that day was a happy Mother's Day. Well, I want us to think today about blessing our mothers. That's the title of my message. Blessing our mothers. And my text, which has already been read to you by Tim, speaks to this subject. But before we look at the text, I want to just answer the question, for whom is this sermon? Or put it more clearly, who is this sermon for? Well, I I have several answers, and I hope that you'll find you're in one of them. First of all, it's for anyone who is a mother, from those who have actually miscarried and have no children right now, but carried a life in your womb for a while, all the way to any who may be great-great-grandmothers. I don't think we have any great-great-grandmothers. Do we have? We do, Betty May. Thank you, Betty May. Um, That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. You haven't seen that great-great-granddaughter yet, have you? Grandson. You almost did, and it didn't work out. So I'm talking about anyone who is a mother in that sense, all the way from one who has miscarried to an elderly saint like Betty May. We know that Faith Reed and others are great-grandmothers. So this message includes those who have not been able by natural birth to become a mother, but have also become foster mothers by becoming foster parents along with their husbands. Or this message is for any who couldn't give natural birth to a child and has since become an adoptive mother. This message is for anyone who hopes to become a mother. I'm glad again that Pastor Jonathan prayed for you ladies who have not yet been privileged to become a mother. Perhaps you're not yet married. Hope to be. Or perhaps you're married and you've not yet been able to become pregnant. Hope to be able to become pregnant. Or perhaps you know that you can't become pregnant and you have not yet been able to take in a foster child or to adopt. Whatever the case, this message is still for you. And even more broadly, this sermon is for anyone who has a living mother. Anyone who has a living mother. Men, women, boys, girls. Or anyone who has lost their mother. If we took time, I'm sure there would be many hands going up and answer the question, how many of you have lost your mother to death? Because you can still honor your mother. This message is for any man who is married to a mother and who has also become because of that a father this message is for any man here who hopes and prays that his wife will become a mother basically this sermon is for anyone who's listening to me okay it's not just for mothers so having said that let's take another look at the text which tim Read for us. And I said that my purpose is to bless our mothers. 
and really to encourage them and to encourage all of us to encourage our mothers. So in a sense, I personally want to bless our mothers by some things I want to say to them, and I want all of us to spend the rest of our lives frequently blessing all who are mothers. So in chapter 30 and verse 11, we have this interesting description. And as Tim said, these are some bad people. It's interesting how this chapter gives us no less than four groups of fours. Actually, five groups of fours. In verses 11 through 14, we have four generations. In verses 18 through 20, we have four mysteries. Verses 21 through 23, we have four intolerables. In verses 24 through 28, we have four small wonders. And in verses 29 through 31, we have four dignitaries. Look at those. Study those. They're very enlightening. But we begin with four generations. And I just want us to look at the first generation. You see it in verse 11. There are those, that's what the ESV says, but most translations actually use the word, because the Hebrew actually uses the word generation. There, are, there, there is a generation, literally. There is a generation who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Terrible thing. Who can imagine children cursing the very instruments that God used to bring them into the world? Think about it. It it falls only under cursing God. And it's very close to cursing God. And it's a sin that is severely punished according to the word of God. In fact, it was a sin that required capital punishment in the Old Testament. It's a terrible thing to curse a father. But it is also a terrible thing not to bless your mother. And with regard to Hebrew parallelism, that is the same thing being said in two different ways, it's really almost the same as cursing your mother to not bless her. These are just two sides of one coin. People who curse their fathers do not bless their mothers either. And I've come this morning, on this day, to encourage us to bless our mothers. And not just on Mother's Day. So, seeing that it is something that pleases God, we have to ask ourselves, what is blessing a mother all about? What does it mean to bless a mother? How do we bless a mother? And I'm just going to say, by way of definition, blessing a mother is really a very simple thing. I think we bless our mothers in two ways. We bless them in word and in deed. I'm going to come back to that at the end of the message. We bless them with our lips. We bless them with our mouths. We speak a word of 
honor to them. We speak a word of encouragement to them. We tell them how wonderful they are. We tell them how wonderfully they have done something. That's what bless means. It's a word of encouragement spoken to someone. And often it's a prayer. And we need to think about how we do this. But before I go into that, which will be the second half of the message, I just want to spend a few moments to tell you ladies that you are already blessed. If I had an outline for this, and I guess really I do, it would be this. Point number one is the supreme blessing every, listen, Christian mother possesses. If you are a Christian mother, you already have the supreme blessing from God. And then I want to talk just briefly at the end of the message about what I'm going to just call the super blessing. It's not the supreme blessing, but it's a super blessing. And it's a blessing that we can give to our mothers. And it's a blessing that we should. We do not want to be a part of the generation that does not bless its mother. That generation is made up of individual people. Are you one of those persons who does not bless your mother? Maybe you say, I don't have a great mother. She doesn't have to be a great mother for you to bless her. She has to be a mother for you to bless her. God used her to bring you into your life. You should bless your mother just for being your mother. So that's the outline. The supreme blessing that belongs to Christian mothers and the super blessing that we should give them. Now, I want to just comment for a moment before I tell you what the supreme blessing is. Remember, I said this is for Christian mothers. What is a Christian mother? A Christian mother is a mother who is trusting the Lord Jesus Christ alone to pay for all of her sins. That's what a Christian mother is. A Christian mother is someone who trusts the Lord Jesus Christ and who follows him. You see, friends, all of us are sinners by nature. And because we're sinners by nature, we have committed not thousands of sins, not tens of thousands of sins, hundreds of thousands of sins. That is to say, we have not done what God has told us we should do, and we have done what he's told us not to do. That's all sin is. Commission and omission. Doing what God forbids, not doing what he commands. We are all sinners. We have sinned against God hundreds of thousands of times, perhaps millions of times. How many times do we, even we who are Christians, sin in any given day? let alone in our pre-Christian life. But a Christian is a person who has come to see, I am a sinner, God is holy, I'm in trouble. His justice requires that my sins be paid for, and they will be paid for, either in a perfect substitute or in me, by going to hell. And the good news of the gospel is, God says, you don't have to go to hell. I sent my son to hell for those who will trust him. I poured out my wrath on him as the sinner's substitute. And the moment you look to him, as John the Baptist said, the moment you behold the Lamb of God, he will take away your sins as well. And so becoming a Christian is very simply, it has nothing to do with being a Baptist, has nothing to do with being a Lutheran, has nothing to do with being a Catholic. It has everything to do and only to do with trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. He lived the perfect life that none of us have lived. He died a vicarious death, a substitutionary death for those who would trust him. He took the wrath of God upon himself. He went to hell for those who would trust him. And the the way to become a Christian, 
right now, right in that chair, before this sermon even continues, is to sincerely say, God, I'm such a sinner. I so deserve to go to hell. I know I'm going to go to hell if you don't forgive me. But I've just been reminded you can only forgive me on the basis of my sins being paid for. And Pastor Ted said, Jesus paid for the sins of all who would trust him. I'm going to trust in him. Let him be my payment, O God. And when you pray that prayer of faith sincerely, you have become a Christian. You are now relying upon Christ. And if you're a mother, guess what? You're a Christian mother. Right now, I just want us all to be Christian people. Boys and girls, children, if you know yourself to be a sinner, and you know that God is holy and just, and that he's prepared a hell for those whose sins aren't forgiven, you too should trust in Jesus right now. You should call upon his name. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Why don't you get saved in the middle of a sermon on mothers? So that's what a Christian mother is. A Christian mother is just a a sinner trusting in Jesus. She says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And she follows that Jesus the rest of her life. Not perfectly, for sure imperfectly. That's why she trusts Jesus. Because she can't follow him perfectly. She trusts him even for her imperfections. So then, I want to bless you ladies. I want to encourage you. And then I want to encourage all of us to continually encourage mothers. So how do I bless you? How do I encourage you? By reminding you that you have already been supremely blessed. Who is this that's been already supremely blessed? Christian mothers. Christian mothers. Christian mothers. If you are trusting in Christ, you have been supremely blessed in these ways. But before I even mention them, I'm sure that many of you are uh, continually discouraged. And you do, at least from time to time, get down on yourself. Maybe some of you are down on yourself today. I want you to be encouraged. Maybe you're one of those persons who says, I'm so inadequate. I fail so many times. There's so much sin that still remains in me. I'm so unlike the Lord Jesus Christ. How little is my devotion for God? I'm so poor at Bible reading. I'm so deficient in my prayer life. I have such little faith. I'm so ignorant of the word of God. I feel inferior to so many other Christians. I'm weak. I'm discouraged. I'm unappreciated by many people, and particularly by my husband and by my children. I'm undervalued. I'm unnoticed. I make little progress in growth and grace. I'm just, I'm pitiful. And I want to say to you, yeah, in and of yourself, just like the rest of us, including men, we're pitiful. But I thought you said you were a Christian mother. If you are a Christian mother, you have already received the supreme blessing, far greater than any blessing you could ever get from your husband, children, or friends, or pastors on Mother's Day. 
These are just some of the things that you've already received. You have been loved by God the Father from all eternity. These words are for you, Jeremiah 31.3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's what God says to you this morning, dear mother. You have been redeemed by his son. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, You were redeemed, not with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ. And in addition to being loved and redeemed, you have been regenerated or born again by the Holy Spirit. Titus 3, 5 and 6 says of you, He saved you according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on you richly through Jesus Christ, your Savior. You have been forgiven of all of your sins. Luke 7, 47 records the words of Jesus to a woman. They belong to you if you are a trusting woman. This is what he said to her, your sins. This is what he says to you, your sins, which are many, are forgiven. Moreover, you have been clothed in the perfect righteousness of Christ. Philippians 3, 9 says, you have found Christ. No longer having a righteousness of your own, but that which comes through faith in Christ. Yesterday I had two dear friends in my office and we're studying the word of God together and we're contemplating the gospel and I took my two pillows up there, which there are actually three sitting on that thing. But um, I said, it's like this, and this is what I do with children. I held two pillows. I said, you hold one. I say to the children, this represents your sins. I'll hold the other one. I'm Christ. This represents my righteousness. I want you to come to Jesus with your sins. Give him your pillow. And so the little child comes to me and gives me their pillow. And I say, let me give you something. This is my righteousness. So God looks upon me and sees all of the sins of the world, if I'm Christ, and punishes me. So that those sins will be paid for. But the one who trusts him not only has a punishment for their sins, but a perfect righteousness. Ladies, if you are Christian mothers, in spite of all of your weaknesses and all of your failures, you have the perfect righteousness of Christ as your robe. And when God looks at you, As the judge of the universe, listen to me, he sees no sin. As your heavenly father who has omniscience, of course he knows your deficiencies and your sins and your lack of conformity to Christ like he does all of us. But in terms of your judge, he sees no sin. He sees Christ. When he looks upon you, he sees Christ. You are clothed in the perfect righteousness of Christ. Talk about the supreme blessing. You have also been justified by grace, that is, pronounced righteous. 1 Corinthians 6.11, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. That's what God says to you, dear sister in Christ. And moreover, you have been adopted into the family of God. Galatians 4, 4, and 5 are for you. God sent forth his son to redeem you so that you might receive adoption as daughters. And because you are daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. If you're a Christian woman, you know what I'm talking about. It's that that ability that comes only from God, which enables a creature, knowing they're a sinner, to honestly believe that I can call God my Father. Abba, Father, you've been adopted. 
And you're also indwelt by the Holy Spirit. I did make reference to it, but listen to 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Your body, ladies, Christian ladies, is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you. Who's within me? The third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit, whom you have from God. Now let me just put that together. Listen, ladies, Christian ladies, Christian ladies, and how I want all the rest of you ladies and gentlemen to be Christians. But if you're a Christian, you are loved, you are redeemed, you are regenerated, you are forgiven, you are clothed, you are justified, you are adopted, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. That is the supreme blessing that already belongs to you. You possessed it before you walked into these doors. You began to possess it the day you trusted Christ. You are a God-blessed woman. You are supremely blessed, no matter how difficult, how discouraging your life may be. If you are looking to Christ, all of these blessings and many more are your present possession. So, dear ladies, dear sisters, please, please, please try to maintain that perspective. Please continue to gospelize yourself. That is to say, keep preaching the gospel to yourself. I am a great sinner, but I have an even greater Savior. He has forgiven me. That's why I'm trusting Jesus. And every time as a Christian you say to yourself, sometimes it's so hard for me to believe I'm truly a Christian. Look how many times I've sinned today. Then just quickly say to yourself, but that's why I'm trusting Christ. All of your sins, past, present, and future, have been paid for. And that's how I want to bless you as your pastor. That is the supreme blessing. Dear sisters, I beg of you, Live in that blessing and have a happy Mother's Day every day of your life for the rest of your life. Okay? Don't wait for this to come around on the first Sunday or is it the second Sunday in May? Yeah, don't wait for that. Every morning of your life and get up by faith and say, this is going to be a happy Mother's Day because I'm a Christian and all is well with my soul because I've been reconciled to God. But this, the rest of what I want to say just has to do with how, how we all can bless our mothers. How can we give them a super blessing? I think that's a good word. A woman who is um, encouraged by her children and her husband by kind words and thoughtful deeds would, would quickly tell you that was a super blessing to me. It's not the supreme blessing. But boys and girls and young people and husbands and men and friends, don't ever underestimate how great of a blessing it is to a mother to be told by her husband, to be told by her children, to be told by her friends, and yes, to be told by her pastors, you are a good mother. And I'll tell you in what ways. And you 
ask her later, was that any kind of blessing to you to hear that? And she'll say, oh, yes. I would call it a super blessing. So how do we do it? Well, I want you just to notice again what Tim read for us now from chapter 31. And notice, please, verse 28. Um, You know, having set forth the virtues of this woman, who is commonly called the virtuous woman, or the excellent wife. And by the way, I probably should quickly say this to you. Um, This woman is not real. Okay? She's not real. This woman has never existed. This is the woman that in your heart of hearts, God has given you desire to become. He wants you to become the ideal woman because he knows that if you shoot for the stars, you're going to get further than if you shoot for something low. He is setting forth in Proverbs 31 the consummate woman. Now, don't say, well, since P.T. said this woman isn't real and I can never quite be that woman, I'm not even going to try. God put it in the Bible on purpose. Matthew Henry said this is a mirror by which women may dress. But the problem is, if it's not carefully preached and you set forth all these virtues and you're a normal woman, you're going to go out of here big time discouraged. You're going to say, I fall so short in all of these ways. Of course you do. That's why I preached the first half of the sermon. You've been loved by God from all eternity. Jesus died to pay for your sins. The Holy Spirit lives within you. You have been adopted into the family of God. You are clothed in the perfect righteousness of Christ. You don't have to become this woman to have favor with God. But having set forth this wonderful picture for which all godly women should strive, the wise man, King Lemuel, concludes with these words in verse 28. He tells us something about the husband of this woman and the children of this woman. Now, he tells us first about the children in verse 28. He says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Isn't that what the sermon's about? What was the sermon about? I think the title I said was, Blessing Our Mothers. And here this verse says, her children rise up and call her blessed. That's what it's about. Her children do this. But not only her children, the rest of verse 8 says, her husband also. And he praises her. And then we have the praise from her husband, which basically says, babe, you're the greatest. Babe, you're the ultimate. Or whatever word. You know, I'm not going to tell you what I call my wife because you'd laugh. (laughs) I call her several things. But every man who loves his wife should feel this way about his wife, even in her weaknesses and her deficiencies. This is the way to encourage your wife's, your wife, husband. This is the way to encourage her. Go to your wife and find your own way to say, honey, a lot of women have done a lot of great things, but you know what? You're the best. You're the greatest. You're the one I love. You're the most. You're the ultimate to me. That's what my wife is to me. Now, the order is children and then 
husbands in this text, isn't it? Verse 28 starts with children, and then it goes to husbands. You know what I want to do? I want to switch that for just a minute. Because I really believe that, dads, if you want your kids to bring praise and encouragement, if you want your kids to bless your mom, guess where they need to watch it happen? You. You. You, dad. They need to hear you frequently compliment your wife, praise your wife, affirm your wife frequently. How do you do that? It's so easy. You found a lot of ways to do it when you, before you married her, didn't you? Your imagination was working every waking moment on what you could say that would really be sweet and encouraging and winsome. Don't, don't tell me and don't let me tell myself that I just don't know how to do that. No, that's a cop-out. That's a pure cop-out. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, Peter says. Take some time to think about what means a lot to your wife. You can think of good things to say to your wife, and you got a good shot at it this afternoon. Unless someone made, unless you made the meal for her, that'd be a pretty good Happy Mother's Day. Except in my case, it wouldn't be. It'd be the end of my wife's life. She would die. <laughs> but if if she prepared the meal or had any part of it, how how hard would it really be to say, "Honey, this is really good. I love you. You're such a good wife and such a good mom." Hey, kids, what do you think about what mom did today? What did you like about the meal? Let's encourage mom for a minute. Oh, I could never do anything like that. I just can't think that way. No, you can think that way, and you should think that way. Really, basically, what I'm going to say in these few things, and I'm actually coming to the end of the message, because I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on the how. I want you to figure out the how. I'm going to give you enough suggestions that you ought to be able to do it. And what I want to say to you is that the way we bless our mothers is in word and deed. I've already said it. In word and deed. Hand and lips. Lips laud. And I debated in my mind whether to use that word or not. But I'm trying to work the L's, okay? L-A-U-D. You know what laud means? It's not L-O-U-D. Laud. It just means praise. Okay? Hands and lips. Lips laud Hands help. How about that? That pretty hard? Lips laud, hands help. That's, that's word and deed. Word and deed. So husbands, if you should quiz yourself, what did Pastor Ted say that will give me some general guidance as to how I can bless my wife and be a good example to my children? He said word and deed. What was that other thing? Lips and hands. Lips laud, hands help. So it's not just about complimenting your wife. It's about, honey, would you just relax after the meal? And the kids and I are going to load the dishwasher. We're going to clean the table. We want you to rest. Or a thousand other things. But the point that I really want to make to you brothers is that the husband who praises his wife just sort of somehow produces children who do the same thing. And if you're not doing it, don't expect your kids to do it. 
Set the example. Be the kind of husband who blesses his wife, and you'll discover that you have the kind of children who bless their mother. So children, you should do the same thing. You don't have to go to daddy for an idea. How about you just stop and think, what could I say to mom today that would really encourage her? And what could I do for her? Boys and girls, could could you say to mom, mommy, I love you. You're such a good mommy. Mommy, thank you for bringing me into the world. Mommy, thank you for all you do for me. Here's one. Mommy, I think you're really pretty. Boys, you can say good things to your mom too. You can tell your mom you think she's pretty. You can thank your mom for the meal. You can thank her for all that she does for you. Use your imagination. Word and deed. Speak words of encouragement for mom. Do stuff for mom. Mom, what can I do for you today? I just want to help a little bit. What can I do? I want to do something for you today, Mom. And remember, that's not on Mother's Day. That's on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, 365 of those. Every day of your life, look for ways to encourage Mom with your words and in your actions. And the same is true for grandchildren. And the same is true, actually, for mothers. You mothers who have daughters who have become mothers, in other words, you who are grandmothers, should speak to your daughter and say, Honey, you're a good mother. I didn't just do this so that I'd have a good conscience, but when I was standing next to Rebecca during the service, I put my arms around her because she was naturally thinking about Ezra. And she said, he doesn't need me anymore, Dad. But I said to her, I said, Rebecca, you're a good mommy. You're a good mom. I need to say that to her far more often. I can say the same thing about my precious daughter-in-law. She's a wonderful mother. Dads, we should say that to our daughters and to our daughters-in-laws. We who are grandfathers, and yes, we who are grandmothers, we can bless our daughters who are also mothers. You see, you just need to think through the categories. As brothers and sisters in Christ, you don't have to be somebody's son or somebody's father or somebody's daughter or somebody's mother in order to bless a sister or a brother in Christ. If you see evidences of grace in their lives in terms of how good they're doing at being a mother, Or how much you hope along with them that they will become a mother. I I really do want to come back to that. Again, Jonathan prayed for you sisters who are not yet married. And you younger girls who are beginning to know that you, you do want to be married someday. You know it's not time now. But you do want to be married. And God loves you. And God cares for you. And you have to trust him. And you need to become preoccupied in seeking first the kingdom of God. And all those things he'll add on to you. But we should especially go to those singles who are waiting upon the Lord and encourage them and pray for them. 
So we all have the ability to speak words of encouragement and to do acts of kindness for those who need them. And yes, I think pastors should do this as well and do it better than they've done it in the past. So that's my message on Happy Mother's Day. Once more, ladies, don't forget, you already have the supreme blessing if, if you are a Christian mother or if you are a hopeful, a hopeful-to-be mother, you already have the supreme blessing. The rest of us need to get as serious about motherhood as God is and His Word is. Let's become the generation that blesses their mothers. Now, I want to say one more time that when this service is over, as soon as it's over, uh, all you ladies who are 20 years of age and older, please make sure you go through the lobby. It's a very small gift. It's not a big deal. But you don't need big deals, do you? You just need expressions of sincere love. And please receive a little gift on your way out and know that you are loved. And when you don't feel that you're loved by the people you really want to feel it from, look up and say, God loves me. Christ loves me. I'm okay. Happy Mother's Day, Christian mothers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of mothers. Thank you for making Eve the first mother, the mother of the living. Thank you for the happiness that she experienced as the first mother in the history of mankind. And as one of the pastors of the church, I want to thank you for all of the mothers in our church and all those who hope to be mothers in the future and pray that you will bless them even more. Bless them in their souls because of how much you have already blessed them in salvation. And dear Lord, please help those of us who are children, those of us who are grandchildren, those of us who are grandparents, those of us who are just brothers and sisters to bless our mothers. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.